Welcome to the Immigration Hour. It's great to be with you again. I took a break last week. Uh, took a little vacation. Uh, Portugal was delightful. If you ever get a chance to go, uh, you should enjoy. This shows Charles Cook here. It's great to be back again. Uh, there uh, is a constant onslaught of immigration, or perhaps you might call it anti-immigration news, that we are constantly hearing uh, uh, from this president and this administration every single day. Uh, but I think it, it deserves a mention, maybe spend a little bit here today, talking about where do all these ideas come from? I mean, do they come from the evil mind of Stephen Miller, um, a, a man who apparently desires to live up to every meme that's made in his name? Um, but no, I mean, the reality is this, uh, this immigration... Um, attack or the attack on, on legal immigration in America uh, and an attack on immigrants generally is pre-planned, uh, pre-done, uh, delineated, outlined, and uh, clearly uh, put into action by an administration that buys lock, stock, and barrel into the idea that America can no longer accept immigrants of any kind. Uh, recently, John Tanton died, the founder of uh, FAIR, the Federation uh, uh, for American Immigration Reform, uh, Center for Immigration Studies, Numbers USA. Uh, we found out that the SCAFE family has been a major funder, um, upwards of the tunes of hundreds of millions of dollars to the anti-immigration, pro-eugenics, pro-abortion movement. Um, in the United States, and they have, they did it. They managed to infiltrate the Republican Party, and not only the Republican Party, because they've been there a lot. If you remember Tom Tancredo from the 90s uh, and the 2000s, whom uh, Karl Rove said at one point would never darken the doorstep of the White House again, um, and yet a party that continued to allow um, uh uh, our friends at uh, in in Iowa, Mr. Stephen King, to uh, continuously uh, uh, harangue against immigrants. No, these folks have ha have a plan, and they have been waiting for forty years to have an opportunity to be in power. Now they they've tried to do it legislatively for decades, but. Other than in 1996, when there was a brief bump in um, anti-immigrant uh, movement in the GOP when they had control under Newt Gingrich, uh, since that time, they have consistently been on the defensive in Congress and in the White House. Uh, but now that they have a president who uh, dislikes immigrants as much as they do, uh, they um, are in power to carry out a plan. Now, the important thing to remember here, especially for uh, immigration advocates who um, uh, think immigration is good for America and that want to make sure that America lives up to its, to its name, to its reputation as a haven for uh, human rights, as a model to the world of democracy, uh, listen to this. This should Trump not win re-election, which is, you know, who knows at this point. Uh, he's certainly headed towards re-election. Um, should he not win re-election, it is essential 
that we be at least as equally prepared as the anti-immigration movement was the moment Donald Trump was elected. Um, And that's exactly what happened. Uh, In uh, 2000, early 2016, early 2017, uh, the Federation for American Immigration Forum created a document called Immigration Priorities for the 2017 Presidential Transition. Uh, Now, this document uh, uh, was written in November of 2016. It was um, given to the president's transition team. Uh, It was given to Stephen Miller. Now, keep in mind, Stephen Miller ingratiated himself to the president during that campaign and then wrote his inauguration speech. You remember the speech about American carnage. Well, that that comes from the worldview of FAIR, uh, who view... uh, uh, America uh, as a cesspool of, uh, of colors and races and who want to literally eliminate immigration to America. Um, this document, which you'll find proudly displayed on their website at fairus.org, entitled Immigration Priorities for a 2017 Presidential Transition, has gotten very little, if any, press attention Remember when um, Chris Kobach went in to interview to be DHS secretary and he carried with him intentionally his list of things that need to need to happen? The press was all aghast. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? Oh, this is terrible, terrible. Well, Chris Kobach is no rocket scientist, okay? Uh, that's obvious by how all the races he keeps losing, all the litigation he keeps losing. But he was buoyed up and sustained by the brain trust at FAIR. Uh, And FAIR has now laid their entire plan on the table and given it to this president through Stephen Miller. Um, And they put uh, four key points of their plan uh, out there. And then, more importantly, and this is where it behooves advocates who see the destruction of the American immigration system— This is where it behooves us to have a similar document, one, keeping track of all the changes so they can be immediately reversed, either through policy memorandums or regulatory change. But two, we need to have our own list of things that the president can do or can try to push through Congress um, on immigration, uh, regardless of, of who ends up controlling the Congress of the United States. So there are four broad points, and I, and I think it's really worth delving in to what these talk about, to delving into uh, the process here. One, secure the borders figuratively and literally, uh, under which they had three sub, uh, four subpoints. Construct a physical barrier on a southern border. I mean, come on, Trump's been. I mean, this, Trump doesn't think of this stuff on himself. Secure the northern border, and I love this quote in here, our border with Canada is the longest shared border in the world, totaling 5,525 miles currently. Only 3,700 Border Patrol officers are stationed along the border with unmanned aerial vehicles monitoring only 1,150 miles or less than one-fifth of it. Approximately 300,000 people and $1.5 billion in trade come across the border every day. America and Canada have long engaged in complementary border control efforts. However, 
Recent increases in global conflict and the spread of terrorism make it imperative to remain vigilant to secure our northern border. Next, they want to end all catch and release programs. And finally, they want to increase the capacity to confront and restore land-based and waterborne mass migration events. Next, number two, they talk about enforcing our immigration laws. One, by removing immigration violators of all kinds. Two, punish through mandatory minimum sentences, repeat offenders, people who came illegally. Uh, and three, restore programs to promote cooperation between federal and state and local law enforcement. Those are the 287G agreements. Three, dry up the incentives attracting illegal immigrants. They use illegal aliens. No more amnesties. You know, we haven't had an amnesty in 33 years. You know that, right? End visa overstays. <laughs> yeah. A 40%, well, they say 40, it's close to more than 50% of people that are currently undocumented in the United States came legally uh, with a visa. Three, man, implement mandatory E-Verify. We saw how well that worked just now in uh, the chicken processing plants. We'll get to that. And birthright citizenship. Wait, did I just hear the president talk about that again? See, they're checking off the boxes. Do not, do not in any way think that they are close to done. And then finally, ensure compliance with Real ID, also happening in 2020. Uh, number four, their fourth big item, implement true, quote, immigration reform, close quote. Now, when they talk about immigration reform, what they talk about is immigration that is severely limited. So one, limit overall immigration. We need to have no more than 300,000 people legally coming to the United States every year. That includes family and employers. Now, if we do that, if we implemented their vision of a big bubble around America and we only let 300,000 people in a year, as a country, our economy would shrink, our population would shrink, and we would be worse off. But that, they don't care about that because it would be whiter. Uh, support the American worker. Now, this is what we're seeing in the legal immigration side, where they say American workers are the best and most productive in the world. They are eager to work. What they need is a real opportunity to compete for jobs at real wage, at fair wages, not unfair competition brought about by illegal aliens and mass migration. So wait a second. You mean undocumented workers are taking your job? How qualified are you? Um, really? And they also talk about the idea of is going after the legal base system. And then finally, they talk about implementing a merit-based immigration sending and ending family, quote, chain migration. So don't bring your family anymore of any kind. You know, I was uh, talking to a politician this last week about my own senator, Senator Purdue, the Purdue Cotton Trump plan on uh, legal immigration, which implements this plan. It's this plan. It's this 300,000 limit, um, where they say, yes, we only want to bring the best and the brightest, the most highly educated, the most fluent in English to America. You know, who's going to argue? Of course that's who we want in America. Yeah, yeah, go America. We'd like to have you here. But they're also saying in their plan that you can't bring any children over 18 ever you can't bring your parents ever. You can't bring your siblings ever. 
Now, who's going to, quote, immigrate to America, close quote, if they are the only child or one of two children, uh, and they are among the best and the brightest, so presumably they have a great job, and as their parents' age, they want to take care of their parents, very common in cultures around the world, not so common in the U.S., but common around the world, would they come? No. They wouldn't. Say, so why would I go there? I'll go to a country that let me bring my parents, ultimately, if you want to become a citizen, like we currently do. Uh, so again, this plan is designed not even to bring those 300,000 people. It's designed to severely restrict and limit all types of immigration. So that there is the four-point plan um, for, uh, for FAIR. Now, again, that's the general points. Now we need to look at what they wanted done first in the first 100 days and then in the first year. And I, you know, we have to understand there was a booklet, a plan like this that was given to the Obama administration right after he won the election. And the Obama administration essentially ignored that plan. They just ignored it. Uh, uh, Rahm Emanuel said, you know, we're going to enforce immigration law so we can convince Republicans to pass whatever. And it was a stupid plan. We told them it was a stupid plan. The deporter-in-chief deported three million people, separated millions of families, caused untold havoc and harm to the economy. And for what reason? Because he wanted to get the, the nativists, these people, to buy into his plan. They will never buy into the plan. You simply have to get them out of office. You have to beat them in election, to beat them with ideas. Um, and that's where, in one of many ways, the Obama administration failed America on immigration. So let's take a quick look first at the first 100 days initially. First bullet point. First 100 days, illegal immigration sanctuary cities. The president must immediately revoke the orders authorizing the DACA and DACA Plus and DAPA schemes and revoke all work, identity, and immigration status documents issued pursuant thereto. Okay. Did the president do that? Well, DAPA was already toast, so that never went anywhere. And it took the president until September, nine months later, so he didn't do it in 100 days, but he did have these folks issue an order canceling DACA, which was stopped by the courts because it is a perfectly permissible authority of the president. And if they really wanted to end DACA, they needed to go through the APA, which they did not do. Now, they've managed to load the court. We'll see what SCOTUS does. Um, even my friends at Cato today came out against DACA. I was very disappointed at that. I think they're legally wrong. I think the president does have authority to implement a program uh, that is, has an individualized, like DACA does, individualized determination of, of, of eligibility. Um, but at the same time, DACA will likely go away. That's gone, too. So they're, boom. They got number one. That was the first thing on their agenda. Two, the president must exercise programmatic impoundment authority and deny federal funds to any state or local jurisdictions that refuses to cooperate with federal immigration enforcement authority. Done. Done. Sessions did that immediately, and it was struck down by the courts. <laughs> Again, struck down by the courts. So the first two things they wanted are done, and both were stopped by the courts. Take a quick break here. We'll be back in just a second. Talk about the next priorities of the first 100 days for the fair folks. Welcome back. I know for you it wasn't very long, but for me, I'm here. All right. 
Uh, so the next thing, so it's Chuck Cook, Immigration Hour, back again. Um, next thing on their agenda, criminal aliens and interior enforcement. Now, don't be offended by the wording they use. Well, you can be offended by it, but, you know, it is what it is. One, the president must end ICE's priority enforcement program. Done. And no court challenge, because that's clearly within the discretion to do that. Done. Two, president must direct DHS to rescind all prosecutorial discretion memorandum. Done. Now, it, was, it took almost three years, but they did it. Done. No more prosecutorial discretion. No more deferred action. Done. History over. All right? None. Three, president must direct the Department of State to use the authority to refuse visas to nationals of any country refusing to the return of its own citizens. Done. Within 100 days. Done. It was done. Next, the president must demand Congress promptly pass Kate's law, which is a five-year mandatory minimum sentence for reentry. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. We're, we're done putting people in jail indefinitely or mandatory minimums. That's over. So that's going nowhere. He tried. president tried, but it's dead. Okay, next. Next bullet point. Worksite enforcement. Two issues. One, ICE must resume unannounced worksite inspections and enforcement actions. Done. Already do now. Well, they're kind of doing. It. Not, they're not showing up at workplaces, but they are in a much more aggressive way uh, going after this. Two, ICE must also increase fines levied against employers. They've done that. Boom, boom, done. Think about it. What other advocacy organization in recent presidential memory has had all of their priorities checked off like this? How many? What's well, next one? National Security and Border Patrol. The president must prioritize the construction of appropriate and necessary physical barriers. Well, he, he did, and he kept losing in the courts, uh, and now he's illegally grabbing money, in the view of many, from the military to build fences. Well, actually, he's not building new border fences. He's replacing old border fences, but he's doing it, too. president must ensure that CBP, ICE, and the Coast Guard are fully staffed. Well... You know, here's the reality. They're not because they can't attract, uh, Coast Guard can, but the ICE and CBP can attract enough people that are qualified. They just can't. They can't hire. Uh, I guess it's just a crappy job. Uh, next, as Commander Chief President must order appropriate units of the U.S. Armed Forces to the border, supplement CP. Wow, he did that. Have you ever seen a president kowtow to an advocacy organization? You, you would think these guys are Russian. President must issue an executive order which invalidates and prohibits any further issuance of Department of Interior regulations that hinder the Border Patrol ability to access federal lands. Done. Done. It's over. It's history. Taken care of. Next, the final one on this. DOS and DHS must issue joint regulations which accomplish the following. Establish clear standards for vetting all individuals filing applications or petitions for DHS and DOS. That is done. We don't have access to it, but the, it is done. This is for petitioners. So that's happening. And employers. Two, require comprehensive vetting to include social media and open source checks of all applicants and petitioners. Done. Done. It's happening. Done. Next, mandate DHS or DOS deny any application filed by any applicant or petitioner who does not meet the aforementioned vetting standards do the existence of any form of derogatory information. Kind of done. Certainly working on it. 
And then finally, mandate that when DHS or DS are unable to determine when the applicant or petitioner meets the aforementioned vetting standard because of required availability, any application must be denied. Well, they're not denying them because, of course, they'll get overturned in court, but they are delaying them, and that's why delays have increased significantly. Wow, right? You're going, wow, I, I didn't realize that this was all coming from FAIR. It's pretty remarkable, right? Pretty darn remarkable. Next bullet point, refugees and asylees, the president should direct DHS to deny any asylum to foreign nationals who could have sought protection from any safe country with which they pass. Well, yeah, they did that. It's been held up in the courts, at least in, in some parts. But yeah, done. Next, the president should direct DHS to detain all foreign nationals, or they use aliens, determined to have a credible fear. So, no, and he did that. They got overturned by the courts, but they did that. Now, they did it through uh, the Board of Immigration Appeals. They did it through Barr. Uh, they did it through policy. They went to the asylum office, but they did it. Um, until, and they should detain him until such a time as their asylum claim is granted. Uh, and then last of those, the president should ask Congress to pass legislation that provides clear, succinct, and legally sound definitions of the five categories of persecution. Because FAIR doesn't want courts thinking, saying what's, what a uh, social group is or politics is. Of course, there's no way Congress is going to do that. That's not going to happen. So they didn't get that because it's not going to happen. And then finally, the last thing they wanted done in the first 100 days, by the way, it's 100 days. The president must order significant reductions in the number of aliens admitted to the U.S. each year pursuant to TPS, refugees, transit without visa. Done. He did it. Done. DHS must require the collection of biometric data for all legal immigrants. Well, that was already being done. So, done. Three, DHS must take measures to properly regulate OPT for F1 students. Done. Made it much harder. And then finally, on legal immigration, DHS should consider increasing the filing fees. That's in the works, folks. That's in the works. Wow, how, how did they get everything they want? And then finally on benefits. All right, DHS must revoke work authorization for H-1B spouses. Well, they're trying, and there's just a huge fight about that. And then finally under benefits in the first 100 days, DHS must enforce the public charge grounded admissibility. Bam. Done. That's 98, 95% of everything that FAIR wanted in the first 100 days is done by this administration. That is shocking. There is no advocacy group in America. Well, the NRA possibly, okay? The NRA. But FAIR has no authority in Congress. FAIR has no majority in Congress. FAIR couldn't even get their crappy stuff passed when they had majorities in the House and Senate. They couldn't do it. Because enough Republicans have brains still to realize this is bad for America. But they got the president to do all this stuff. Now, they also have a group of things that they want done in the first year of being in office. Um, so the first year, he wants um, the following. He wants DHS and DOJ to issue regulations uh, barring the approval of deferred action. Done. 
Done. Okay. Uh, it, barring TPS, done. Uh, barring uh, um, uh, individual uh, deferred action any, for anybody, done. DASH must limit the use of advanced parole. Now, that's not going to happen. Um, uh, but they have stopped paroling people uh, other than for military parole in place programs. So that's done. DHS must issue regulations making illegal aliens ineligible for TPS. Well, they, that's not going to happen, at least not right now. I mean, that's, that's the purpose. And then DHS uh, must stop issuing work permits to people in removal proceedings on charges of inadmissibility. Also not going to happen. That requires regulatory change. That's not in the works. So that, that's not going anywhere. I think Congress would get very upset about that. For criminal aliens and interior enforcement, DHS must implement mandatory detention for all criminal aliens. Done. Did it. Done. Taken care of by, uh, by, by Attorney General Barr uh, and by Jeff Sessions. DHS must reinstate the successful Secure Communities Program. Well, I mean, it's already in place everywhere. I mean, it wasn't... Un- I mean, that, that was, that's how Obama got... 3 million people in custody. But now you have a lot of states and, 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 and polities fighting that. So that's why that's not really going anywhere. Uh, DHS must fully restore funding for a 287G agreements. That's up to Congress. It's not going to happen. Um, president must reverse the Obama administration practice of counting illegal alien returns, those who apprehended the border and turned back as removals. Well, that's true. And Trump did do that. They did not count. Well, as near as I can tell, they're not doing that. Not counting that. Next, DHS must allow ICE agents to question any alien they have reason suspicion to believe is in the country unlawfully, regardless of circumstance. Can't be done against the Constitution. Done. Uh, DHS must revise detainer forms to no longer require convictions as a condition for ICE pickup. That's that's doesn't exist, but that's that's taken care of. ICE must allocate the resources in a manner in which ensures the appropriate number of agents are assigned to immigration cases, rather than the Diverting the bulk of its resources to customs matters. I don't even know what that means, uh, but uh, there is a there's two sections of ICE, as all my listeners know. There's HSI and the ERO. Um, HSI does the investigative work, the fraud stuff. Uh, they're grossly underfunded. Heck, they don't even want to be part of, D, of, of, of of ICE anymore. Next on worksite enforcement, because the Obama administration routinely exceeded its authority by enlarging the class of aliens out of the work authorization. DSH must amend its regulations to reduce the number of people permitted to seek employment. Okay, they're, they're trying to do that with the H-4, but it's kind of going nowhere. Um, they, wanna, they want them to issue regulations barring people without lawful status from receiving work authorization. That's not going to happen. Uh, the IRS must issue regulations classifying all compensation paid to an alien in the U.S. without employment authorization as illegal payments that cannot be deducted by an employer. Also not happening. Uh, the office of uh, the chief administration hearing officer, Okaho, must amend its regs in order to make it explicit that filing a complaint with law enforcement authorities alleging the employment of unauthorized aliens is not an immigration-related unfair employment practice. That's not going to happen. Uh, next, national security. The president must compel all states to comply with real ID. Well, that, that is happening. That is happening. Uh, DHS must fully implement a biometric entry exit system. Well... That's been on. That's been the law since '96. Not funded. Not going to be funded. Uh, you know, the reality is it will cost many billions of dollars to do something like that because you have to retrofit every international airport in America to have an exit system, and the border would need to be 
retrofitted. And it would just, I mean, it's just not going to happen. Uh, it, certainly not, not even while Trump, even if he gets elected, it's not going to happen. For refugees and asylees, the president must reduce the size of the refugee cohort. Done. Uh, DA, D- Department of Health and Human Services must develop a program that gives state and local officials a voice in refugee resettlement process. Done. Uh, in order to comply with, with the provisions of the INA, which requires that all persons granted refugee status apply for adjustment after one year, just as much remove any alien who fails to apply for adjustment. It doesn't require them to do that. It allows them to do that. Um, not require. That's, that's, a, that's, that's misleading. Uh, two, in order to ensure, in fact, next, ensure the integrity of the refugee program, re-interview every refugee uh, prior to approving a green card. Um, and remove those who are granted asylum who no longer meet the fear definition. Wow. Uh, the, the, these guys are clearly for very big government. Uh, re, that's not going to happen. Requires a condition of any DOS or HSS contractor partnership that refugee agencies sign to ensure that refugees are only resettled communities with capacity to absorb them, whatever that means. Um, so you can see the one-year stuff is kind of pie-in-the-sky stuff, and some of it's getting done. But that first 100 days, check, 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 check. How about these on legal immigration? Um, DHS must require the DNA matching prior to admission of all aliens in a family-based status. Well, not doing that yet, but a lot of it's going on for African immigration through family. DHS must include, increase employer fees for non-immigrant workers. That's going to happen. DHS must issue regs eliminating the annual H-1B visa lottery and place it with an auction. Well, they're not, it's not going to be an auction, but they are going to have their own little funky lottery, so that's not going to happen. DHS must issue regulations requiring employers grant H-1B or L status to hire any foreign national who meets the minimum required, required for the job. So you, can, you have to hire the most minimally qualified person, not the best qualified person. That clearly works at FAIR, where everybody is minimally qualified for their job, but the rest of the employers in America want the most qualified people to work for them. And finally, under their benefits one-year li- wish list, they want the Department of Treasury to close the additional child tax credit loophole to cease issuing uh, ITINs to illegal aliens requiring submission of a Social Security card. They, he wants to direct, the president to direct the Treasury Secretary to um, talk about illegal aliens refusing, uh, using false, basically they want IRS to give information to, to, uh, to DHS about people using stolen IDs or fake IDs uh, for their taxes. Uh, so there you go. And, and they want to eliminate the earned income tax credit. That's we have to be a congressional thing. So that, that is the fair wish list. Now ask yourself, how much of that has been done? And you're thinking, my goodness, um, this, is, uh, this is very true. This is very true. Uh, they have been able to do virtually all of this. And what does that mean for us? What does that mean for uh, the average people who think immigrants are good or come from immigrant families who, who think the future of America lies in what, what great immigrants of all shapes and sizes and colors and education that we can attract to this country. Um, it means if these people stay in office, if they keep the White House, uh, we are in for a, a terrible ride, a terrible ride. Let's take a quick break here on the Immigration Hour. I'll be right back. Welcome back to this segment of the Immigration Hour. It's our final segment today, but I, I, after... <laughs> 
I guess that was depressing, wasn't it? Um, sorry about that. Um, but it really was meant, that segment, that segment was really meant to uh, get us, those of us on the side of justice, those of us on the side of light, those of us on the side of the future of a great America, uh, to be ready, to be ready for 2021, to put into effect all of the programs that the Obama administration refused to put into effect, to get rid of the nightmarish programs that have been put into place by the Trump administration, and to do it in a way that is positive and uplifting and uh, promoting of unity in our country, because all those things are missing from the utter destruction of the... Uh, that is being carried out by the Trump administration. Uh, and that's what is not going to be absent. That's what we're not going to miss uh, when we have the opportunity. Uh, we are going to uplift, we're going to inspire, and we are going to bring America back together through the immigration and immigration process. Uh, and we will. We, we will prevail on this. I promise you that we will prevail. Um, now, the, uh, uh, the other thing I really wanted to talk about today was this idea uh, of, a, um, of, a, uh, of the Board of Immigration Appeals. This is a new regulation of what is called a final rule, an interim rule, published by the Executive Office of Immigration Review. Why, why now? Why are they changing the, uh, the immigration process? Why are they attempting to eliminate um, how uh, the appellate process works for hearings? And why are they putting onto the new board, the expanded Board of Immigration Appeals, judges with uh, at least three of whom have an historic uh, aversion to granting asylum? Uh, asylum should not be so rare that it is denied 98% of the time. It should not. The Supreme Court is clear. If there is a 10% possibility that you will be persecuted on one of the five grounds, you should be granted asylum, period, end of story. You know, that, that is uh, Elias Zacharias, and that has been the law for, for 40 years. So what are they trying to do here? Now, let's take a look at this particular regulation. And uh, what is, is a lot of gobbledygook here. Uh, a lot of, um, um, you know, preparatory words, and they, they try to do things that, uh, uh, you know, explain away the bad stuff they're doing. That's why I like skipping um, the junk and going right to the actual regulatory changes. So let's, first of all, uh, you have to look at the regulation in context. Um, and here's what they've done, the revisions. The Executive Office for Immigration Review is now in HCFR 1003. Um, in general, the director of the EUIR, who is James McHenry, uh, shall manage the EUIR and its employees and shall be responsible for the direction and supervising of each of the EOIR components. Okay. They added this to it. 
provide for appropriate administrative coordination with the other components of the DOJ, DHS, HHS, and state. So this is no longer a, quote, quasi-independent judicial function. This is now a policy. The EOIR and the BIA specifically are now a policy unit of the Department of Justice, DHS, HHS, and Department of State. Think about that. You had judges screaming to be independent. Well, now they are so much less than that. They are now part of the administrative state. They are no longer actually judges. Uh, and in fact, you'll see in here that they call the, the, these, these employees, which we used to be called special inquiry officers, adjudicators. The adjudicators. Um, now, the, the director may delegate the authority given to him by, this, by the attorney general um, uh, to actually hear cases. Now, it, what is the limit on the authority of the director? Except it's provided by statute, and there aren't really any, uh, delegation of authority. The director shall have no authority to adjudicate cases arising under the act or regulations or to direct the result of an application assigned to an immigration judge. Nothing in this part shall be construed to limit the authority of the director under the paragraphs A or B of this section, which are the same thing. So, in coordination with the director and the director's supervision, the assistant director has all these new authorities. Uh, they have limitations on his authorities as part of this. Now, the organization of the BIA. So the, 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 the director of the EOIR can now, can now be involved in the adjudication process of the Board of Immigration Appeals. The board members shall also be known as appellate immigration judges or adjudicators. The chairman of the board shall also be known as the chief appellate immigration judge. Um, in exigent circumstances, the chairman may grant an extension of a particular case for decision uh, up to 60 days, and they will have new temporary board members called temporary appellate immigration judges. In those cases where the panel is unable to issue a decision within the established time limits, which is 14 days, um, they shall refer the case to the board, the director, the, can refer the case to him or to the director for a decision. If a dissenting or concurring panel member fails to complete his or her opinion by the end of the extension period, the decision of the majority will be issued without the separate opinion. For a, a case referred to the director under this paragraph, the director shall exercise delegated authority from the AG identical to that of the board as described above, uh, including the authority to issue a precedent decision and the authority to refer the case to the AG. So the, now that they have this director who is a, who is a polity unto them himself, he's, a, he's an independent policymaker, he can now make precedent decisions where before he had no authority to do so. Uh, this, is, this is a major change in how this particular process works. And it is one that will have massive repercussions for years to come. Uh, this is, again, we're going to add it to the list of things that need to be undone. We need to... Not only should Congress make these, these judges independent, they should fire all of them, put the entire immigration court process on hold, except for detained cases, and then re-interview 
and reapply every immigration judge through an independent judicial authority, and they should have to go before Senate confirmation. But they would have to go through a, an, an authority of interviews that are staffed by appointees from the House, the Senate, and the executive branch, and the attorney general. Um, that's how we should be getting the immigration judges, and not through the process which is now, which is basically um, how, how frequently will you deport somebody. That's what we're seeing all too frequently now. Uh, so that's this week uh, in immigration. Uh, this is your part of the immigration hour. It's more like the immigration 40 minutes today. But I think it's really important that we pay a great deal of attention to the things that have been happening here that are not good. They are not good. And it will take us a, quite a while, certainly more than 100 days it took this administration to undo this damage. But undo it, we will. This is your host, Chuck Cook, here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. We'll be back next week with another show. Until then. <laughs>